Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 8,951st favorite podcast host. And as always, your Sherpa down this road of nerdiness. In today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home. That's right, the Spider-Man sequel brought to you by the MCU, the first film post-Endgames, post-Snap. Post Tony Stark dying, spoiler alert, post Captain America being old. What goes down in this? Let's just hop right into it. As always, with my movies reviews, there's gonna be spoilers. I you know, guys, I, I really set out to not spoil it. Like like I, I sit down every day and I have my notes or whatever I'm doing, and I'm like, I'm not gonna spoil this movie. I'm not gonna spoil this movie. And inevitably, when I get to talking and I just get the passion going about it, I just end up inevitably spoiling the movie. I mean, it's just what happens. I drop spoilers because for me, I'm just such a fan and I I love certain parts so much that I don't want to do, you know, I just can't not talk about it. And so, as always, I'm going to try to do as little spoilers as possible, but you know me. And, uh... Well, I'm going to spoil the movie. So, if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to stop. Or, if you just don't care about spoilers, then let's jump right into it. Right off the bat, the movie was fun. Uh, I like this movie a lot better than I did Homecoming. Um, I don't know if the... I don't... Okay, the, the villain, when it comes to Mysterio, I don't know if I like the Vulture better because it was Michael Keaton or he was a better villain. Uh, Michael Keaton if is one of the actors... That if you put him in a movie, I'm going to see it. I'm a big fan of Michael Keaton. And it might stand from the fact that when I was a kid, Batman 89 was like the shit for me. Like, I watched that movie so much. I'd watch it, rewind it, watch it, rewind it. I just, I love that movie. And I grew up loving Michael Keaton, you know, Mr. Mom and and, and all these movies like that. Beetlejuice was a huge thing for me. So I don't know if, if really it was just he was a better villain or if it's just because it was Michael Keaton. Mysterio's not a bad villain at all. Let me let me jump that out the gate. He's actually a, a very good villain. This movie at times has a little bit of plot holes as a lot of MCU movies do. You know, it makes you wonder how did this happen, how did that happen, that doesn't make sense. But they make up for it with giving you a compelling story and a fun story. And this is a story all about Peter Parker a.k.a. Spider-Man, dealing with the death of Tony Stark, the guy who had become his father figure, and dealing with that, dealing with going on a European trip with his class, him liking a girl, wanting to tell her how he feels, and not knowing how to do that, having a plan, and having it get screwed up. This also has to deal with him, and dealing with the fact that his aunt may or may not be dating Happy, uh, which was Tony Stark's assistant, limo driver, whatever we want to call him, it's John Favreau's character. Uh, not only with that, with another guy liking MJ and trying to compete for her affection too, all the while being pulled by Sam Jackson's character, Nick Fury, and trying to make him be Spider-Man to help out and stop the impending doom that's coming to the world. The movie is fun. It's great. Got great dialogue. Tom Holland is an amazing Spider-Man. Um, his sidekick, Ned, has just... This movie, he, he's such a good character to be in the movie. 
and and just the past two movies, he's he's stolen it. I mean, he's done such a great job of being the yin to Spider-Man Jang, knowing the secrets and just dropping one-liners and being the butt of jokes. And it's just great. Jake Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio. I was I was a little hesitant because I thought that maybe Jake Gyllenhaal might be used wrong in this. He's he's a very method actor. Um, if you've ever seen Nightcrawler or anything like that, you see that he can be a very deep method actor. He could be that one that he gets deep into a role and it seems like he kind of gets lost into it, kind of like Heath Ledger did playing the Joker. He ends up playing a very well... Mysterio here, and the whole premise of this is Mysterio telling S.H.I.E.L.D. and telling Spider-Man that he is from a different Earth, um, basically saying that the multiverse is real, and after the snap, that it tore a fabric and worlds kind of collided. We are Earth-616, which is what we have always been in the comic books, you know, this is this is our dimension, this is our Earth. He is from another Earth where the elementals have destroyed the earth uh wind water fire uh earth all that have destroyed his planet destroyed his family and now he's here as they've come to this planet to destroy it to help stop them we see a huge battle right out of the gate with a tornado one in mexico and then we jump to when spider-man actually goes to europe and they're in italy as we see Mysterio battling a water, the water elemental, and Spider-Man actually helping him before S.H.I.E.L.D. brings Spider-Man in and has him meet Mysterio and him being officially introduced to Quentin Beck, who is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. This film, Mysterio, I was wondering how they were going to go with it, because if you've seen the comics, if if you've read the comics, if you've ever seen the TV show that they did, Mysterio is a magician, he's an illusionist, so basically everything he's doing isn't real. He's using sleight of hand, he's using, you know, holograms, he's using everything to to project it, but he's not really a sorcerer or anything. He's not Doctor Strange or Scarlet Witch or anything like that. So I was wondering how they're going to go about positioning him to be in this role, and we come to find out that Quentin Beck, Mysterio, was the one of the guys who helped Tony Stark developed the hologram technology that we saw in Civil War when he's gone back and when we see a young Tony Stark and we see his dad and his memories, we see all of this. We see that actually he was one of the ones that helped create that and that Tony basically supposedly took the idea from him and stole him and fired him and all that. And we see that Mysterio has an entire group of people that used to work for Tony Stark in different ways and manners that have helped him to create a rouge of the elementals and create this backstory that he's from another planet to try and get him, you know, closer to Edith, which is a a funny thing. Edith is another AI that Tony Stark has uh, built and given, gifted to Peter Parker, gifted to Spider-Man, basically telling him that you're the next Iron Man, you know, and use this great power, great responsibility without saying great power, great responsibility. The thing that I think is funny, and it's so it's a Tony Stark thing, is, you know, we all know that he, whether it's Jarvis, whether it's, you know, any of this, he he has a thing for anagrams. And his, when he gives this AI to Peter, it's Edith. E-D-I-T-H. Edith. And it, the anagram for it is, even dead, I'm the hero. Which made me laugh, and it got a big chuckle out of the 
people in the audience that you told, knew were true fans because it's, it's such a Tony Stark thing that him saying that even dead, I'm the one in charge. And it gives him, Edith gives Peter Parker all access to drones and, you know, surveillance equipment. Basically everything Tony Stark had in the Iron Man suit and everything he dealt with is given to Peter Parker. And we see Peter Parker use that unknowingly at one point to try to kill one of his classmates. He didn't do it on purpose. It was a complete accident. But it's the guy that is trying to woo Mary Jane on top of him, which I thought was going to end up being something. Because they said, you know, we get the backstory of how the, after the snap and everybody comes back, how people have aged five years, but the people that came back were still the same age. So we get, we always wondered, you know, at the end of, at the end of Endgame, when Spider-Man goes back and him and Ned hug in school, it's like, do these kids have to repeat school? And apparently they did. We start with the newscast with the kids telling that, that, you know, everybody who was lost in the snap had to go back to school. We get a funny moment of one kid saying that his younger brother is now older than him because you're the same age when you come back from the snap. And um, so they, they cleared up that storyline because it was a little confusing, but they, they tied it up and made you get into it. But this kid was gone in the snap and they said he was uh, ned said he was pudgy you know and kind of a nerd and a dork and he comes back and he's ripped and he looks good and i was always thinking that maybe this had something to do with mysterio like it just it seemed weird that they brought that up and it never came to fruition nothing ever came of it but maybe they, they might save it for later on i don't know um but when Spider-Man helps Mysterio, Spider-Man takes it as Mysterio is the one that should have Edith. Quentin Beck should have Edith. He takes it as, the note that Tony Stark left him, he takes it as, he's not saying that he's supposed to be Spider-Man, or he's supposed to be Iron Man, excuse me. They're saying that he is supposed to be the one to pick the next Iron Man, that Tony trusts him to pick the next Iron Man. And so he gives it to Quentin Beck. And that's when we find out that Quentin Beck was a bad guy all along. He was trying to get this him and his whole group. And the way this Mysterio character works was they take the hologram, they project it out. They have drones that are in the hologram doing all the damage. So people are seeing this elemental and seeing the damage being done. But it's actually drones taking it out. Which was an interesting way to go. And it ends up working out in the end. Like It, it kind of makes you go, that doesn't seem like it would work. But they pull it off very very nicely. The Mysterio character is all a hologram. He's never really out there doing. He's not flying. He's not shooting projectiles. It's basically him in a dome helmet controlling everything through his wrist and at the end using Edith. Now, I'll tell you, the Mysterio character looked really cool. The fishbowl, I was wondering how they're going to pull that off because it's one thing to do in the comics or an animation. When you're drawing it, you can have it come off as working. When you're doing a live action um, version of Mysterio and having a the, the fishbowl type helmet with the smoke flaring in so you don't see the face, it's it, it looked like it might be difficult to pull off. They did a great job. And it was really well done. I think Mysterio looked good. I think Hall played that character. And it was just really, really well done. The When Spider-Man figures out that Quentin Beck isn't who he says he is, because Mary Jane has found a projection hologram camera that has been damaged in one of the battles. And she gives it to Peter Parker after she tells him that she knows he's Spider-Man. And he basically confesses and says he is Spider-Man. She didn't know for sure. She was joking. 
but she was kind of sure. She said she's like 66% sure. And it's a cool moment again of somebody finding out and Ned not knowing. So Ned's trying to play it off like he doesn't know. And Ned comes up with a great name for Spider-Man in Europe when uh, they give him a suit that doesn't look like Spider-Man. So Peter Parker actually brought up a good point. You know, if, if we're on this vacation, Spider-Man shows up just like he did when we went to Washington. He said, people are going to realize that he goes wherever I go. You know, he's like, it's not going to work. So they give him a completely blacked out suit, kind of reminiscent of the Spider-Man noir costume and it works and ned ends up dubbing this one a ripoff of spider-man calling him night monkey and it it was just funny to hear people actually take that and run with it after he has said it and he's told a few people the news picks it up the news starts calling in that like he's supposed to be the ripoff of spider-man um and we get into it now the first battle and this is probably the main thing i really want to talk about it is the first battle after Spider-Man has found out about Quentin Beck not being the person who he says he is, and he figures out, you know, that all of this is an illusion and not real, he goes to confront Quentin Beck to get Edith back, and we see the first battle between Mysterio and Spider-Man, and it is visually stunning. It is pulled straight from a comic book. It is pulled straight from the animated series. It is... The illusions and holograms being projected of him falling and then him hitting and then snow and then him seeing his him seeing his friends, him seeing his aunt, him seeing, you know, Quentin in different places and stereo. Like for me to explain it is is really difficult. Like times when he feels like it's real, it's not where his spider sense isn't really working or his Peter Tingle as his Aunt May calls it, and they call it throughout, and it's just a fucking running joke, and it's hilarious. But the, the the visuals of this, back and forth, and him going through different holograms, and Mysterio just changing the reality around him, and having him see things he wants to see, is it was just so cool, and it's one of the coolest effects in the MCU uh, that they've done, because again, it is pulled straight from a comic book. It is exactly what... Stan Lee and Steve Ditko and the people you know that wrote these characters and wrote Mysterio it's exactly what they what 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 I think they would have pictured in their mind it's just one hologram to another and him falling in places and him getting hit by stuff that's not there and him getting hit by buses and it's basically him seeing you know Nick Fury and trying to tell Nick Fury and finding out that Nick Fury wasn't really there that it was Quentin Beck and it is just visually stunning. I mean, I can't put over how greatly done this is, how well done that entire series of events and sequence of events was. I mean, just truly, truly amazing. And then the when we get to the big final battle and Spider-Man has been beaten, Spider-Man has been he's been on put on a plane, he ends up somewhere in the Netherlands. And, you know, he calls someone, he calls, by, I guess, the only number he knows, and it's Happy. Happy comes to get him, and Happy gives him his heart-to-heart -heart about, you know, Tony would have been proud of you. Tony trusted you. Tony knew that you could handle all this, and everything, and blah, blah, blah. And he's going through all this, and he gives him the ability to create a suit, because he says, I don't have a suit. He shows him the back, and so we see Spider-Man going back there, and we see Peter Parker changing things and making a suit and building his own new 
Spider-Man suit, and we see Happy watching him, and he has a smile on his face because he knows that that's that's Tony. That that was like he's reminding him so much of Tony Stark in that moment, and it's it's just a very very cool moment to see, very cool to watch, and he builds the suit, and when it comes, it's the red and it's the black and red suit, kind of uh, Miles Morales ish, but not completely i mean we get to see a bunch of different suits in this but why is between that one we got to see the iron spider suit we got to see his regular spider-man suit the spider-man noir suit we get to see him in his suit that tony saw him when he first saw him with the hood and everything in the different iterations that mysterio puts out against him like so you get a plethora of spider-man suits in this very film and we see him build it in that final scene of Mysterio trying to have trying to kill Peter Parker's friends and everybody that knows you know that he's told that Mysterio isn't who he says he is he's trying to get rid of them and make it look like an accident as one of the elementals the strongest elemental that they've come together and he, they're just attacking uh Europe or England as they're there in the UK and we find out when Spider-Man goes into this we, he goes into the actual hologram. You see inside of you see all these drones, and they're the one attacking it while the hologram is being projected. And Quentin Beck is over controlling all of the illusions and the holograms to make himself look good. And at the same time, he's going to try to kill Nick Fury because Nick Fury knows now that he's not real and he can't have anybody. He can't have any loose ends. He can't. He got to tie all of his loose ends up. Um, so we see the final battle with Spider-Man going through and taking up the drones and Quentin Beck, and then we get in the final battle scene of the hallway when Quentin Beck is hologrammed everything, and we see that Spider-Man's spider sense or Peter Tingle is actually working. As the illusions are coming at him, he is destroying drone after drone after drone. He knocks Quentin back down he knocks Mysterio down Mysterio's playing off that he's right uh he knew he was bad and he's going to give Edith back to him hands him the glasses that Tony left him and he was going to go shoot Spider-Man because it's all an illusion Spider-Man grabs the gun and ends up Mysterio ends up dying uh, we we go back to New York we find all this is going on Mary Jane no MJ knows about Spider-Man now, so they're dating, I guess you can say, and the after credit scene of all this is probably one of the best, um, because we get a returning character from the original Spider-Man franchise. Um, we get J.K. Simmons coming back as J. Jonah Jameson. This is, I popped huge for this, but he's different. He's not running the Daily Bugle. The Daily Bugle, is for him, is an Alex Jones-type internet show. You can see that he's mimicking Alex Jones. He's talking about Spider-Man being a, ne a nemesis. He's talking about being a menace, and he's going about it. And Mysterio plays a video that was his last dying seconds, where he's saying that he doesn't know why Spider-Man attacked him. And he's doing everything he can. And then he, in his last dying breath, reveals that Spider-Man 
is in fact Peter Parker. It is a huge moment of him finally going, oh shit, what am I going to do now? And not knowing how this is going to play out. This is going to be huge for the next sequel. And, I mean, we got J. Jonah Jameson. We've got returning J.K. Simmons. We Can we... Is this a way of saying that all the Spider-Mans from Sony have been in different universes? So, that's why he's been in them as the same character. Um, I don't know, but man, it was just, it was a great moment. It was a very cool moment to see. And now we've got this cliffhanger of what's going to happen next. You know, like that made me go, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? Like I felt the fear that Spider-Man has that entire, the entire world knows who he is now. And you know, that, that of what can I do? I can't hide anymore. He showed my face. He said my name. He said I was a high schooler. Like he, they've said all this. So where do we go from here? Then we get a post-credit scene, and this one, really, I, I just didn't like. Uh, we see we see Nick Fury, and we see Agent Hill in the in a car, and we come to find out that they're not really who they say they are. They're actually squirrels, uh, squirrels, squirrels. They're actually scrolls, and they have been just mimicking Nick Fury and them for a while, and he talks to Fury and talks and says, you know, we've got an issue here, you're going to have to come back, and we see that Fury is on a beach drinking mimosa, and he gets up, but wait, he's not on a beach, he's on a fucking spaceship in the middle of the fucking galaxy somewhere, I don't know where they're going with this, I really don't like them making them good guys, it's just, I don't know how this goes, I don't know why they went this route of making bad guys from the comics into actual good guys and being sympathetic characters. This it was weird. The post credit scene obviously is gonna to allude to something. We I don't know what it is, but it was just it really isn't my favorite post credit scene. The mid credit scene was awesome. The entire movie, like I said, I like it better than I did Homecoming. Uh I, I visually stunning. The the dialogue is funny, it's sincere, it's sweet, it has pretty much everything you want from a comic book movie as far as dialogue goes the characters they have great chemistry they work well together and it's just a really fun summer movie and it's a great start for the MCU post uh in games post you know losing some of their big characters so if if you're on the fence about seeing it definitely go see it if you're a fan of Spider-Man you've already seen it if you're a fan of MCU you've probably already seen it but it gets my stamp of approval for whatever that is worth to you guys because it's just a very well done movie. Marvel, as you know, Marvel doesn't really do bad movies. Marvel is not a hit or miss. Marvel, to me, does hasn't done a bad film yet. Some are better than others, but they're all watchable, and this one is very watchable. This was very fun, and you'll enjoy it. You'll love it. And again, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, this is this is the closest we've gotten come to Spider-Man comic books, especially with the scene, like I said, with Mysterio. When you see the scene, you know what I'm talking about because it's pulled straight from a comic book. And it's the visual of a, a comic book pages being turned. So that's all I can say. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, liking, commenting. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nerdpool Pod. Follow me on Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. Also, I want to say that um, I'm going to be releasing another episode in the next day or two. 
besides this one. I'm giving you guys, that's right, you're getting two episodes this week. I'm giving you a freebie because, well, because I want to. I know I haven't been on my schedule as much lately, and uh, it's it's my way of kind of apologizing again um, for all of it. But it's going to be fun as I'm going to be this. I'm going to be reviewing uh, not only the AEW's fight for the Fallen event, but Evolve's 10th anniversary event and WWE's Extreme Rules. We have three big wrestling events, and I'm going to be reviewing them all. I'm going to be telling you who, which ones you should watch over the other ones. So it's going to be a great episode of Wipe That Smark Off Your Face, presented to you by the Nerdpool Podcast. As a thank you all for for just bearing with me in this, these times in this area and and everything going on until I get fully back on schedule with being able to release weekly episodes. So thank you all, all the chimichangas and tacos out there. You guys have been great to me. You guys always show me love, and you guys always just it warms my heart. So thank you all again. I can never say it too much. So until the next day or two. Until next time. See ya. Oh, yeah.